All right, everyone, we're here to talk about the Yeah, We Know podcast. Well, first off, I want to say belts are just changing hands left and right here. Yeah, we know. If you came through the WWE and wanted to be a big-time deal, you had to go through The Undertaker for, what, about 20 years, Jimmy? Yeah, we know. Jimmy, are they screaming RK-Bro, or are they screaming Randy, Randy, Randy? Yeah, we know. It's Seth freaking Rollins. Show the man his respect. The Yeah, We Know podcast. Find it in this feed, part of the Morgan Knows Podcasting Network. Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. Hello and welcome to another rousing rendition of the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. I am your host. My name is Rod Morgan. This podcast and every podcast is produced by James Thomas Jamriska. Jimmy Jam is with us now. Jimmy, hello. It's week 18. Let's go. And back from his trip in the Rocky Mountain High of Colorado, it's our handicapper, Josh Williams. Williams, we were lacking last week in your absence, my friend. Happy to have you back. No, I listened. You guys, you guys were awesome. You guys made fun of my ref stats and your and my circle backs. It was a, it was a good laugh. Uh, I took a big swing and a miss on on Houston. That's uh, I probably deserved that one for backing a pretty crappy team but uh hey we won the other two bets and uh, i think we're nine and three the last last four weeks so we're gonna try and end on a high note here all right williams listen we're not gonna we're not gonna spend a lot of time on this but i think you do need to tell the listeners that you spent 20 hours at the o'hare airport i mean just give us the crib notes version of your uh, your travel day there yeah, it was wild, man. Uh, they, I mean, I knew my flight was going to be like uh, delayed, but then at, late at night, at like eleven o'clock at night, they canceled it. So I had to stay in the uh, customer service line, which was like over three hundred people long. And then uh, the airport was like freezing. Like that was the worst part of it. It was absolutely freezing in the airport. Uh, there was people Superman style on the heaters, uh, screaming that they need to turn up the heat. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, I've never been in an airport that was more cold that night and just look like a bunch of bums laying everywhere at, at the O'Hare airport. It was, it was kind of a wild scene. All right. So over or under $50 that you had to spend on random snacks and things while you were stuck at the airport. Oh yeah. Yeah. They couldn't vouch anybody a hotel because you know, United doesn't control the weather. And uh, so all they gave, all they gave everybody was like a $15 voucher for uh, you know, maybe a biscuit and uh, maybe a water in the morning. So uh yeah, yeah, we spent a we spent a good chunk of change on some trail mix and uh, some rando gummy bears. So yeah, it's good fun times. There we go, Chris King. You have it. If you ever asked yourself what does Josh Williams eat when he's stuck in an airport, it's trail mix and gummy bears. Chris, what would you eat if you were stuck in an airport for twenty hours? Oh, I'd probably take that fifteen dollars and buy a beer at the bar. <laughs> That's probably where I would go as well. Chris King joining us from North Carolina. He's going to have three things that he knows. Mr. Williams is standing at 29-20-2 for his record on the year. He, of course, has three picks. We're going to go over all of the different scenarios involving the playoffs that may play out here in Week 18. Jimmy has a face and a heel for you, but uh, we got to start in one place and one place only. We, uh, we had an earth-shattering moment in the NFL during the Monday night football game. I must admit, I was not watching the game. Jimmy, I believe you were watching the game, so why don't you get us started? Yeah, so we were we were watching the game. It was on the background, and we were talking, and then all of a sudden, you see Hamlin get up and then fall right down, and 
I look at, I'm like, that's, that's not good. Uh, as someone who, uh, has given CPR to somebody before, let me tell you one thing. It is the most surreal moment in the history of surreal moments when you are, you know, there with somebody who is, uh, uh, who's not breathing and uh, doesn't have a pulse. And the look on everyone's faces just was, was heart-wrenching. Uh, and I'll end with this. You know, my son had a lot of questions. Says Jackson, who is, uh, who's nine, uh, and my wife were watching. And at first he's like, don't watch mommy, don't watch mommy, because he doesn't want his mommy to see someone get hurt playing football because he wants to play football. Uh, but he had a lot of really good questions about it. And every single day when he's gotten home from school, he's asked me about how he's doing. Uh, and I just think that's, uh, you know, that really did bring a lot to the forefront um, for people. So that, that's kind of what happened in our uh, household. Jimmy, I agree with you that a lot of good conversations had come up out of this and things that need to be discussed. But unfortunately, I feel like we're going to see in this situation like we see so often where people are going to rally up and be all ginned up about it for a couple of days. And then everybody's going to be saying, yeah, but they're going to play games this weekend and it's all going to kind of go to the back bend. Mr. King, your thoughts on uh, everything that unfolded with uh, Mr. DeMar Hamlin last Monday? I think you may be right in a sense, Rod, but I do think that this could, you know, reopen some of the conversations that, you know, we've had in the sports world about heart issues with athletes. Um no one is really sure exactly what caused this yet. We just want him to come out the other end healthy, but it appears it could be a heart issue of some sort. And we, re- at least I remember, you know, Hank Gathers, uh, what was the uh, Boston Celtics guy, uh, Reggie Lewis, was it? Reggie Lewis. Yep. You're on it. Yeah. So like, and when those things happened in the past, you know, there was a national conversation about this thing and, and then you started to see more athletes getting tested and we knew what to look out for. And I think something to that effect could come out of this situation. And I think it's good. And I think the NFL on Monday night did the correct thing and, and canceling the game and sending everybody home. I think that was the smart thing to do. They took a look and actually put, you know, a human face and, and took a human approach instead of an approach of the bottom line. I think that was a, Big thing for the NFL on Monday night. I will agree with you, Chris, that I was a little bit surprised that the NFL went that way. I'm going to stop short of giving the NFL flowers here because I wholly believe that if Twitter did not exist, that the NFL might have made a different decision. It's quite a different ball game in the world we live in today where NFL executives and even Roger Goodell himself can jump on their phone immediately and find out what people all across the country are saying. So I want to stop short of giving flowers to the NFL. Chris, I'm not saying you're wrong, but I myself want to stop short of giving flowers to the NFL. But Mr. Williams, I know you sort of wanted to hand out some flowers to uh, some people not NFL related for uh, the way they handled themselves that Monday night. Yeah, first of all, I think the paramedic team on the field was fantastic. I think the players were fantastic. They were the ones who barricaded, you know, um, Hamlin. And they didn't want the cameras uh, to have the whole stadium and the public to you know, see this kid getting CPR on the field. I thought the coaches handled themselves fantastically. Um, you know, Joe Buck doesn't come out of nowhere and say, you know, what we've heard is we're going to give these teams five minutes to prepare and then we're going to, we're going to warm up and then we're going to go. Like you could tell right away, Zach Taylor walked across the field. Once he saw the look on uh, Sean McDermott's face, he's like, there's no way we're playing this game. 
And once he came back from the second timeout, you pretty much knew. I mean, the game was irrelevant. So uh, I thought the players were fantastic. I thought the coaches were fantastic. Medical crew was fantastic. Shouts to Dr. Pitts and Dr. Knights uh, at the at the UC Medical Center, the number one level trauma center in the re- in the region. I mean, they helped save this kid's life. And uh, I think it's uh, I thought it was fantastic what how everybody uh, donated to the Hamlin Toy Drive. I mean, his uh, his goal was like twenty five hundred bucks, and it, like it's like over six million now. So uh, that's that's pretty awesome. And I uh, just want to give uh, some shout outs to those people. Jimmy, I know I want to come back to you because you lived in uh, Cincinnati there for a little while. And other than having absolutely phenomenal three-way available from Skyline, I know that you uh, one of your immediate thoughts that evening was uh, that he was in good shape because he was going to be in Cincinnati. And let's not forget that Tua got some serious help from uh, Cincinnati hospitals earlier this NFL season. So uh, big shouts to the Cincinnati medical community. Yeah, it's uh, there. The hosp- there's like five hospitals within a mile <laughs> of the stadium. And one is the level one trauma where he went and uh, including they also have a fantastic children's hospital, too. They knew us by name for a while, Um, but really great place to go if you want excellent medical care. So I thought that was uh, he got very lucky in that aspect. And uh, I am a big uh, broadcasting fan. I have a, a part-time job as a rock and roll DJ, host a podcast here. I know all of my uh, three fellows, uh, we all enjoy communication. And uh, big shouts to Scott Van Pelt and many of the people associated with ESPN that night. Because, uh, Mr. Williams, I'm with you. Joe Buck didn't just make up out of thin air that they were going to come back in five minutes. I know that the few times that I did tune in after I saw everything that was happening, I felt a level of calm and a level of okay with Joe Buck being on the microphone. There was just kind of something about Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salters, and then going back to Booger McFarlane and Susie Colbert, and then going to Scott Van Pelt. These were all people that had gravitas and handled themselves the way journalists should handle themselves. So kudos to ESPN. There's a lot of talk about DeMar Hamlin out there. You don't want to come to us for a whole bunch of medical opinions and this, that, and the other. So let's not get too sidetracked here. All of us have thoughts and prayers going out to DeMar. We've heard some reports today that he's up a little bit and holding hands with family. So that is good. Let's hope for continued improvement by him. But that being said, let's move on to what we normally do here on this podcast. Actually, wait, no, Chris, you had one last thing about that uh, game as part of one of your three things, and then we'll move on. Yeah, well, this is kind of moving on from the DeMar uh, incident and more to the NFL and what they should do about this game. And as of recording this, they have not made a decision uh, past the fact that they weren't going to try to schedule this game sometime this week. Um, there's been a lot of talk of what they should do. Should they try to replay it? Should they should they add an extra team to the playoffs? Or, or what should be done since there is some playoff seeding, a bye week, number one seed at stake here? Um, this was a very important game. What the NFL should do, and they have practice in this, is is really only one or two things. They should either just say the game never happened, much like they did during the uh, pandemic, or just give them each team a tie. That way, when it comes down to uh, your winning percentage, you know, it, let the chips fall where they may. If that tie hurts you, sorry. If that tie helps you, great. But that's just the way it is. It's essentially an act of God. That, hap- that this happened and this game was canceled. You can't hold anybody uh, accountable. You can't, you know, force somebody to not get home field advantage when they did the things they were supposed to do. It, so 
you don't play this game, you either act like it never happened or you give the teams a tie. And a tie, I think, is the best way to go. You already have ties in the NFL. That can be a legit result from a game. Give them the tie. Jimmy Jam, I want to come to you on this because you are quite level-headed when it comes to many things like this. What do you think the NFL should do logistic-wise vis-a-vis this game? Uh, I kind of like the winning percentage, uh, because even a tie here, I, I don't know how that really, that, that really works. I mean, that can't help and hurt people. I think winning percentage is probably the best. Um, you don't want to hurt anybody by having an extra team in there, but I honestly think they might just throw an extra team in and just have people play, um, that way. But I think they do winning percentage and then the AFC title game, I look for that to maybe be a uh, at a neutral field. I can see that being big. Mr. Williams, I know that you are on top of all of these things daily fantasy wise, fantasy football wise, betting wise. What has uh what has that community decided to do so far? <laughs> well, that's the million dollar question. I mean, I'm in a, a league that with not much money compared to like some of these best ball leagues where uh, you know that money is up front online, and like DraftKings has one, Underdog has one, and these prizes are like a million dollars up top, man. And these, I mean, there's people waiting on this result for this Buffalo Cincinnati game because it's such a huge game, uh, such a uh, huge players, you know, really good players playing in that game. So I don't know what they're going to do with that. It seems like they're not going to play this game. Uh, um, I don't know. I, all I know is that Goodell needs to like come out and say something, man. I mean, the guy makes $60 million a year. Like where's the leadership at? I think he's significantly, Amen. significantly dropped the ball on Monday night. Um, I'm with you. I think he was the one who said we need to get this going. The show must go on. And there couldn't have been a, a, a further, you know, reaction from everybody that the show must not go on that night. And then he, he already messed up the schedule before that game, in my opinion. So, um, they, they really, the NFL has really dropped the ball here and uh, with this scheduling. So I'm probably with Jimmy. I, I think the AFC title game could be a neutral site game. It could be played in, uh, in Cleveland could be played in Indianapolis. Uh, we'll Let's see. go Indianapolis. Yeah. The <laughs> AFC title game in Indy. Come on. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, yeah, the Colts definitely are not going to need the field for a home game. Jimmy Jam, what do you got? So the NFL, we're, we're doing this real time. The NFL did send out a scenario uh, marker. So the game's not going to count at all, okay? Um, there's a bunch of different scenarios of, of who wins and who ties. Essentially, um, a Buffalo-Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. Done. Um, also, if... Baltimore beat Cincinnati in week 18. They are, it's basically, if they have to play in the wild card game, there's going to be a coin toss to see who gets that. That's basically where we are. So we're, the, the game is gone. There's no game. It's no tie, no nothing. That's, that's out of the question. So that game doesn't count. Um, so, but it's, it's like a whole page of scenarios, but that's, so they the, basically the they have contingency plans based on yes. sort of what happens in week, 18 what happens in week 18. Like. Correct. Yep. And then what happens in the championship game? So a Buffalo, Kansas, if Buffalo and Kansas City both lose and Cincinnati wins, a Buffalo or, or Cincinnati versus Kansas City championship game would be at a neutral site. That's like a week 18, three game like thing there. So there's there's a lot going on. It's going to be at a neutral site, essentially, I think is what's going to happen. I think you're yes, right. Indianapolis Williams. would be great. Yeah, it Mr. can't Williams, be Detroit. Need, it can't be at Detroit. Yeah. 
No, it certainly can't. Damn right. The Lions are going to be in the playoffs. I'm still holding out hope, Jimmy. Mr. Williams, as if you needed a few more things to think about there, that we just threw a few more at you there. My goodness, your head must be spinning now with what's going on in week 18. Yeah, it's wild. And now it comes down to, I think, you know, everybody assumes that Buffalo is going to play this week, but are we 100% sure Buffalo is going to play this week? I mean, uh, it's, I mean, it's a big game against New England. I mean, the looks on some of those guys' faces, man. Look, I mean, I, I mean, Cincinnati. You, they interviewed Burrow after the game and, and or, or the, this week, and he said, you know, if you took a poll with our team, it's probably fifty-fifty whether or not we want to play. I can't imagine the the guys in Buffalo. So, um, I think Hamlin's uh, health improving a little bit helps, but I mean, that, there's no guarantee that Buffalo plays this week. So. Um, yeah, we'll see going forward, man. It's uh it's a total mess right now, but uh yeah, we're uh, thoughts and prayers with uh with Hamlin for sure. Jimmy J, Mr. Williams talked about Roger Goodell need to be front and center here, but I wonder if the NFL players union needs to be a little front and center here if there is some sentiment as to what Mr. Williams is speaking about there. I think they need to come out together to be perfectly honest with you, and I don't think I've seen him speak uh publicly yet. I I I haven't. I mean, he might have, but these statements are one thing, but you need to come out together and talk about this. Um, and that's the leadership that you need. Uh, obviously, there were so many things going on last week that I don't really blame them for not coming out right away. But the day after, it, it could have happened. And then to circle back, thank you, Williams, real quick. No matter what happens in the Bengals-Ravens game on Sunday, no matter what happens, the Bengals will be recognized as the AFC North champions because they have a higher winning percentage. However a coin flip could end up deciding home field advantage with the Ravens um, with the Ravens if the Ravens play. So that's where we are with that. I know there's a lot going on, but Cincinnati is your AFC North champions no matter what. So the Bengals get a hoist a banner, but the Ravens may be able to get the home game. So the Ravens may say to themselves, fine, you can have your banner, but we get the game in cold Baltimore. We will do our best to sift through the playoff scenarios as we can, as we go along here let's talk about a pretty big game last week that actually has both the face and the heel coming out of it of course that game involved the minnesota vikings because how could an exciting game not involve the minnesota vikings except this time it was not exciting minnesota did not show up jimmy jam tell us what you thought coming out of that green bay minnesota matchup last week you beat the packers you always beat the Packers. Why? Because if you don't beat the Packers, the Packers are going to win the NFL, uh, the the conference. They're going to win the championship. They just don't die. You had your chance, and you blew it. You're done. You're done with me. My heel of the week is Kirk Cousins. Uh, you cannot win a game that matters. I'm sorry. You're you're not good. You might be fine in fantasy, not good in real life football. You had your chance. And you blew it, and the Packers are going to go to the playoffs because, of course, they are. Because Aaron Rodgers, who, by the way, just getting it out of here, Rod, I'm sorry. He's my face of the week. Why? Because he does not die. He definitely does not. And as the Mrs. Morgan, you know, pointed out to me earlier this week, I've been making jokes all year long at Mr. Rodgers' expense, but I have been mispronouncing the subject of my joke. It is ayahuasca, not hiawaska. So I apologize. Maybe Aaron needs to do a little bit more of that to make sure that he wins this big game this week versus the Lions. We'll talk more about that later. Chris, another NFL head coach came out this week 
with a statement about their quarterback that had you a tad bit up in arms. That's one more thing that you know. Let's get that right here since we were talking about quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, the Jets need to move on from Wilson. I know they just came out and Salah said that they're going to go through hell and high water with them on this reset. They're with him. They think that he has the talent, but I'm sorry. I haven't seen any kind of talent coming out of his way. The biggest news he's made is he's apparently philandering with his friend's moms. I, I, I haven't seen anything great on the football field, that's for sure. And I know it sucks for the Jets that it's going to cost more for you to cut them next year than to keep them on the team. I don't know. Maybe you keep them rostered and just keep them as an inactive every week. But you have to move on. He is not the answer, nor is he your future. I just want to stress again, allegedly philandering. None of us on this podcast have any way of knowing whether he is or isn't philandering with anyone's mom. So let's just let's just make sure we get that out there allegedly. But that's certainly not something that you want to hear about involving your franchise quarterback. Kind of hard to get team morale going, especially if it might be one of the other players on the team. Who knows? I don't know. They didn't specify what kind of mom. We're moving on from that. Chris has one more thing that he knows. We'll get to that as we go along. I have a Tom Cruise game for you. But. The main reason we are all here is to get the knowledge from our handicapper, Josh Williams. Josh, give us one of your three games this week. All right, we'll start off with uh, a game on Saturday, and it's a team that I usually hate, uh, but I'm going to back them this week. I'm taking the Tennessee Titans plus six and a half at Jacksonville. Let me apologize to the good people of Tennessee real quick, Mr. Williams, because you've just killed them by doing that. But <laughs> Yeah, usually I don't like Tennessee because they're overvalued. I think they're kind of lucky. But I'm, I'm buying Tennessee right here because it's the lowest spot all year for them. They've lost six in a row. Uh, nobody believes in them. And when Mike Vrabel is getting at least three points in a game, He's 21 and nine against the spread, 70%. Remember this the Titans rested everybody last Thursday against Dallas, while the Jags didn't. The Jags went all out. Uh, and so, Tennessee getting guys back here off two full weeks of rest, about 13 days, while the Jags only have five or six days in between games with this game being played on Saturday night. This was one of the games that should have been played on Sunday night. But uh, this year, when there is a dog getting a field goal or more, and the total is under 47. They're 71 and 46 against the spread in those circumstances, 61%. And this game total is only 40. So I think that's uh that's even a better check mark for the for the underdog here. And don't underestimate this caveat either. The the Jags aren't used to being in this spot. I mean, all the pressure in the world is on this young, inexperienced team. Well, it's just the opposite for this Titans team who's lost six in a row now. Nobody giving them a chance with their backup quarterback off the street. I've got uh, I've got some ref stats here. Bill Bill Vinovich, the head ref, here is ranked last in overall penalties per game this season. This should benefit the Titans, who are currently ranked fifth overall in penalties per game. Tennessee is the fourth most penalized team for offensive holding in the league. Vinovich has called the fewest offensive holding penalties in three of the past five seasons. He tends to let the teams play, and going off of that. The Titans under Vrabel are 5-1 and one straight up when Vinovich officiates, including 4-0 against the spread as dogs. Uh, most recently, as a 3.5-point underdog in Green Bay back in Week 11, the Titans not only covered, they won that game by double digits. So I think Vrabel is going to have his team loose and extremely motivated. 
Remember, they got embarrassed by the Jags earlier in the year. They turned the ball over. They played like crap. They lost. They lost by two touchdowns. I I don't see that happening again. Uh, they have the experience. They have a coach who's been there. And oh yeah, they still have the best battering ram in the league in Derrick Henry coming off some rest here. I cannot believe this line is six and a half at most. Uh, it should be three in my opinion. So give me my arch nemesis on this pod, the Tennessee Titans plus six and a half on Saturday night. Jimmy GM, I feel like Williams is coming directly at us because we've been right at the front of the Jacksonville Jaguars bandwagon all year long. The only thing that Williams said in his great summation right there that scares me is the name Mike Vrabel. That guy seems like he is a really, really good head coach. What's your thoughts on this game, Jimmy? He is a terrific head coach, and that is scary. However, I'm looking. Williams, help me out real quick. Who do you think is going to start at quarterback for the Titans? Brady? Lamar Jackson? Who's who's starting for them? This is exactly what he wants, man. He Vrabel didn't show anything last week. He's going to uh, have... Yes, of course. Jo- yes. Joshua jo- Dobbs. Yeah. Don't put the Joshua Dobbs train out yet. No, no, no. We're going to yeah. save him. Yeah. Joshua Dobbs got some reps uh, in a couple weeks ago. They knew that Malik Willis wasn't going to be the answer. Uh, Malik Willis is a fantastic runner, but he just cannot throw the ball. I didn't think Dobbs looked that terrible the other night. And honestly, with the Titans, with their running game, and with their play action with the tight end, you don't have to be a superstar to win this game. They're going to get defensive pieces back. Uh, Fulton is back in big uh, – that's a big addition to the to the cornerback room. I just think everybody's down on this Titans team right now. This is the perfect time uh, to get on them here, uh, getting this this many points, six and a half. Rod, you're right. He's he's just jealous of our call on the Jaguars. Yeah, he really is. He's just mad that he wasn't smart enough to see the teal machine getting geared <laughs> up and rolling for a big year in 2022 slash 2023. Chris, let me get your thoughts on this game. Well, the reason people are down on the Titans is because they have 33 players on the injured reserve. 33. That's like half of their uh, total payroll is on injured reserve this year. Of course people are going to be down on them. That's why they've lost six in a row. They don't have enough healthy bodies out there. We just brought up Mike Vrabel there, Chris. A lot of head coaching talk there. I know you had your last thing was about a head coach. I kind of feel like we should sneak it in here, and then we'll get Williams' last two picks. Yeah, I know that the Carolina Panthers need to announce today that Steve Wilkes is the permanent head coach. He took a complete cluster of a team and turned it into an actual team uh, instilled a real culture, took scrubs and no names, got his best player traded away, put Sam Darnold back into the starting lineup. And in the past six weeks, there hasn't been a better quarterback in the league than Sam Darnold. And they were one quarter away. Think about this. October 1st, Carolina Panther fans were thinking about the number one pick. January 1st, they were one quarter away from being in control of their own destiny and the division. It's crazy. Give that man the job. Also nutty to think about that weird DJ Moore taking off his helmet penalty that really cost him that one game. Have I was just going to say that. Right? Have they not been cost that game? They might have been right there in the running. Mr. Williams, you keep a good uh, eye on all the head coaches in the league. Do you agree with Mr. King here? 
Oh yeah, yeah. And that game was the ho- Halloween weekend where Pinheiro missed those two. He missed the field goal and he missed the extra point. Uh, they had that game. DJ Moore scores that touchdown. He takes his helmet off, gets a 15-yard penalty, and the Falcons end up beating them. That was a heartbreaker for Carolina. But yeah, that, I I I said this right when Steve Wilkes, you know, got the job. And they they won like one or two games in a row. I was like, this team, you could tell from the start that they wanted to win for this guy. So uh, yeah, and they almost they they gave a great effort and uh, almost ended up winning the division, but uh, couldn't get past Tampa Bay uh, last week. But uh, yeah, I think Wilkes has uh, deserved this job. Jimmy Jam, quite the difference in the uh, interim coaches, right? We got Steve Wilkes, who's maybe in line for the Carolina Panthers job. And then you and I are sitting with Jeff Saturday, who I'm excited about because I want the Colts to lose. But man, if the Colts give Jeff Saturday the job, I think all us Colts fans would be up in arms, right? Jeff Saturday has no fear, Rod. You've got to remember that. That's why he got the job in the first place. He is not afraid to do absolutely nothing uh, for a couple of games. Yeah, it's weird. The Wilkes thing is so strange because... You know, he wasn't given the opportunity in Arizona. He got one year and then it was fired and then they got they got the first pick and they picked Kyler Murray and well, they're still kind of where they are now. So um yeah, I just uh I think that you gotta give it to him because he has brought that team together. He most definitely has. The Panthers have no business being in the NFC South. Now we talked about how bad the NFC South is and that benefited the Panthers an awful lot, but you gotta give them some credit for sticking it out the way that they did and that rest solely at the feet of Steve Wilkes. So as often as I give Chris a bunch of crap about his three things that he knows this week, I really can't disagree with him on any of them. Mr. Williams, let's go to your second pick of the week. Yeah, this is the nightcap on Saturday night. Uh, We went against the chiefs last week. We took that uh, hold your nose, pitiful Denver team and uh, they ended up covering We're doing it again this week. I'm taking the Raiders plus nine and a half versus Kansas City on FanDuel. And since November of 2020, including the postseason, the Chiefs under Mahomes are only nine and 24 against the spread when favored by more than a field goal. Just a field goal. Now, you know, they're laying nine and a half here. So it's a uh, winning clip of only 27%. That's really eye opening. This year, they're only three and nine against the spread when favored by more than a field goal. That's only 25%. Remember, the Raiders were up 17 to nothing on this Chiefs team in Arrowhead earlier in the year before they had one of their five uh, miserable collapses. So the Raiders now are healthier. They get Waller back. They have Renfro back. And Stidham last week, he was awesome, man. He that threw from- was really good. I was surprised by that. Listen, he knows the system. He knows McDaniel's system. Last week, he threw for more yards than Carr has at any point this year. He threw for as many touchdowns than at any point that Carr has had uh, did this year. He threw for a higher average than Carr did at any point this year. And uh, he takes shots down the field, uh, unlike uh, Captain Checkdown, Derek Carr. I mean, 12% over expectation with his completion percentage. That was the best out of any quarterback last week. Uh, you know, Stidham. That was, that, that's unbelievable. He was in control the whole game, had the second highest intended air yards out of all QBs last week, something that you never see out of Derek Carr. Uh, He was using his legs. They were rolling him out. They were using play action. It was a really good game plan by McDaniels. And on the other side here, you're getting a significantly worse D than San Francisco, what Stidham faced last week here in the Chiefs. Uh, The Chiefs only 25th in schedule adjusted pass defense in the last five weeks. 
And this Chiefs D has faced a bottom five schedule of opposing offenses on the year. Uh, Adams and Jacobs have praised Stidham this week in interviews. So it appears to me that this locker room wants to end on a high note. And, uh, you know, there's no guarantee that, that McDaniels is, is, is back next year. He's probably back, but like he may need to like, you know, win this game to, to keep his job or at least, you know, put out a good effort here. Um, some quick ref stats here. Scott Novak, the head ref in this game is averaging fourth most defensive PI penalties per game. The chiefs are currently the most penalized team in the NFL in this category. And P- PFF green line has this with Vegas getting 50, 57% of the tickets, but all the way up to the Raiders taking 95% of the money here. I will say uh, that there's probably not a lot of money coming in on some of these games. Cause you just don't know with the injuries and the motivation. So that is skewed a little bit, but I mean, still, I mean, the Raiders are taking a ton of money here, just too many points. Now, like I said, Josh McDaniels needs to finish strong to feel good about coming back in 23. I'll take the Raiders here plus nine and a half on Saturday night. Chris, I want to go to you on this. Based on everything that uh, Mr. Jamriska told us a little bit earlier that the NFL just released, don't you think there's a good possibility here that the Chiefs don't necessarily run their horses out there because they can't get the home game in the AFC Championship now no matter what they do? Still a division rival. Raiders and Chiefs are bad blood. I want to see them play. I hope they don't sit their guys. I want to see them play. I want to see shocking. The guy who hates tanking wants to see them. Play. <laughs> Listen, it could be an exciting game. Stidman looked like a stud last week, and if he goes out and throws four hundred yards again, you have a shootout, and anything can happen in a shootout. Jimmy, what do you think Andy Reid's going to do? You think he's going to play his guys, or you think he's going to sit them? Um, I think he's going to play them uh if it gets anywhere near being out of reach either way he'll he'll put them down but you never know i mean anything can happen in the playoffs so kansas city does want to have that potential championship uh afc championship game at home they don't want to slip too far down yeah but i thought you just told us that there's a chance though that the afc championship game could be at a neutral site isn't that what you just explained to us no there there is but that's if i mean let's just say buffalo kansas city uh, Buffalo, oh, sorry, Buffalo and Cincinnati aren't there, aren't aren't there. They lose. Let's say they both lose. Well, maybe not. I don't know. There's so many things going on. Kansas exactly. City's try to That's win. what I'm saying. I just think there's a good chance that Kansas City's not incredibly motivated to win this game. I like where Williams' head is at, that the Vegas guys seem to like McDaniel. They seem to be rallying around him a little bit. Stidham knows the system. I As much as I don't like it when Williams takes these underdog picks, I think he's on to something there. But he's also after my heart with his final pick here because he's going to the Baker Mayfield-led Los Angeles Rams. Mr. Williams, what do you got for me? <laughs> well, if you're a conspiracy theorist, uh, you're going to like uh, this pick because you're going to like uh, – I'm taking the Rams plus six and a half. And the reason I say that is, uh, I mean, if you, want, <laughs> if you want the Sunday night game to mean like everything that it could mean – you're rooting for the Rams here because then if the Rams knock off Seattle, then that means the winner of the Detroit uh, Green Bay game uh, is is going to be uh, going to the playoffs. Yes, and Mister, and listen, let me stop you right there, Mr. Williams. We are going to hope and put all the energy in the world that this is the case, all right? No offense to my good friends out in Seattle. I have some family out there, a lot of rain, good fish. Sorry for you. But I want you to lose this game because we need 
all of the marbles to be resting on the Sunday night game. So Chris Collinsworth can go, I'll, I'll tell you, Mike, man, Aaron Rodgers. I just, I don't know what you're going to do with this guy. We need that, Mr. Williams. We need it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the scheduling committee, they really messed up here. The Rams in Seattle have to be at the same time as Detroit Green Bay for competitive balance, but they could have learned something from Major League Baseball, Rod, on the last the last game of, stop, of, of stop. the year. Nobody can learn anything from Major League Baseball. Stop I, yourself. Usually not. I agree with you, but the last game of the year, Major League Baseball has all the games start at the same time. Uh, we're not asking for all the games to start at the same time, but just just these two games need to start at the same time because there's so much riding on each one. But to get back to the pick here, Rams plus six and a half at Seattle. Uh, since 1990, check this out, teams that are, that are already eliminated from the playoffs playing teams that need to win to get in are 96, 59, and four against the spread. That's 62%. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's some spoiler stuff right there. Yeah, so the public thinks the exact opposite. The public usually thinks, well, if this team needs to win, I'm going to back them. But when you really take a step back and think about it, week 18, if a team needs to win, they might not be that good. you know. And the other team who they're playing is playing loose. And uh, we know Sean McVay uh, you know, is a pretty good coach. This happens every year. I mean, you guys remember last year, the Colts. All they had to do was just win in Jacksonville. They were 14-point favorites. Damn you. Why you got to bring this up? Damn you. They get crushed. They get crushed by Jacksonville. Or they could have beat the Raiders the week before. They could have beat the Raiders the week before, yes. But how about this for Narrative Street? I'm going to blow your mind here too, Rod. Let me me be clear. I don't think this happens, but check this out. Nobody's even talking about this. Matthew Stafford is eligible to come off the IR this week. What if he comes off the IR – beats the Seahawks to give his former team, the Detroit Lions, a chance to make it into the playoffs. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Even if he doesn't play, he's going to make it to, he's going to make it be known to his teammates how much it would mean to him if they could win this game for him. And remember, the Rams don't own their pick. This is another huge point for this game. The Rams don't own their pick. They aren't going to lay down here. And McVay has kind of owned Carroll uh, and the Rams going back since he's been there, he's eight and three straight up in the last 11 in this series. Uh, the Rams have gotten Cam Akers going lately, and you can run on the Seattle D. Uh, more rest stats here. Home teams, when Craig Rollstad officiates, which he is in this game, home teams are only 35 and 58 against the spread. That's 40% since 2016. That's one of the worst home ref stats you can you can ask for conspiracy theories are out <laughs> rams receiving almost 75 percent of the handle but they're receiving even more cash like over 95 percent once again you know there's probably not a lot of cash coming in on these games this week but still that's a huge huge number uh i think all this adds up to the rams really giving seattle a game here i'll take six and a half all day i think the rams can win this outright i think i think they're live dogs here on the on sunday Chris, the word conspiracy theory was just brought up, so I feel like I have to go to you. <laughs> Listen, all I want is the Rams to win to make that game mean something. Yes. Of course, yes. of course, we all know I have been pushed in the Lions all season long. I've loved their offense all season long. I love that team up there. I want to see them in the playoffs. They deserve it. Jimmy, everybody out in podcast land that listens to the Morgan, you know, podcast. I mean, they all want the Lions to have a chance to make the playoffs because they all want me to be able to cash that ticket. Right. Of course. 
Well, everyone wants the Lions to make the playoffs anyway because it's a really good idea and it's a good story. And let's go Lions. And then also to circle back again. Yep, sorry, that's my gimmick this week. Wait a minute, You're, is that a double circle back? That's a double How do we circle back. That? Uh, I don't know, but I'm reading through this thing. You're you're right. Kansas City. It doesn't really matter if they lose this game because if they play Baltimore, if they play Buffalo or Cincinnati, it's at a neutral site. If Buffalo and Cincinnati somehow are not in the AFC Championship game, then it's at it's at Kansas City because they've got a much better record than like the you know than the next few teams. So I think we might see Andy Reid sit some people in the second half. Jimmy, listen, I love it when you circle back to tell me that I'm right. That's actually the most perfect scenario know, to circle off, back to. Thank you. Mr. Williams, I see you got something for us. What do you got? Yeah, this is more uh, personal for me, but uh, since the Buffalo-Cincinnati game got uh, canceled, Buffalo can't uh, get the most regular season wins. I need the Raiders to beat Kansas City, so I cash my 18-1 to Philadelphia Eagles for most regular season wins. That's if they beat the Giants. I also have a Giants Brian Dayball coach of the year at 30 to 1. So I'm kind of like all over the place here, man. So uh it's a, this is going to be a super exciting uh, week 18. My Giants have already cashed, baby. I'm excited about that one. My Giants go. have already cashed their tickets to the playoff. I've got that one. And this and the other scenario that Jimmy just laid out where Buffalo and Cincinnati is not taking on Kansas City, that could open the door to the Ravens who would cash me a huge ticket if they could somehow get to the Super Bowl. So things are still absolutely, completely up in the air. We have spoke a little bit about the Lions. We have spoke a little bit about the Packers. Well, you know what? That is my Tom Cruise game of the week, baby. I have to talk about the Packers v. Vikings because that was my Tom Cruise game last week. Thought that the Vikings would be involved in another nail-biter. They, of course, were not because I put the stink of the Tom Cruise game of the week on them. I apologize to everyone out there. I'm also going to apologize ahead of time, I guess, for making this Green Bay Lions game be crap now. Seattle's definitely going to win this game versus the Rams so that this game does not matter and my Tom Cruise game gets completely crapped on again. Jimmy, my grade for last week, though, is going to be, are you ready for this one? You might not even know this Tom Cruise movie, American Made. American Made. I think that is a fantastic pick because no one knows it and you really didn't need to watch it, apparently. So that's what a good job. That's exactly what I'm doing there. It was one that came out, I think, three, four years ago. 2017, 2017. It's a true story, right? This pilot who was a drug smuggler. Like, it sounds like it would be cool, but it's also just not that cool because you don't really want to see Tom Cruise as his down on the luck. I need to smuggle drugs to make money to save my family guy. You just don't buy someone with the striking handsome good looks that tom cruise possesses as that so american made was last week's tom cruise game of the week basically what that means is jimmy more often than not this week when i've graded my tom this year excuse me when i've graded my tom cruise game of the week we have been on the lower end of tom cruise movies have we not we have been but i will say uh barry seal who's the the person behind american made that's a win for him having Tom Cruise play you after uh, after looking over Barry Seal's uh, resume here. That's a good win for him, I think. No doubt about that. Unless Barry Seal's six foot six, and then it's not really a victory. That's a valid point, Tom Cruise. <laughs> nice. Well, what do you think my chances are of cashing in Top Gun or Top Gun Maverick on this Packers Lions game, which could be for all the marbles, Jimmy? Oh, it's not going to be for anything now because you picked it. So it's going to be like it, it's. 
I'm sorry. It's not going to happen this week, Rod. It's going to be for nothing. I'm sorry. I don't even know of another bad Tom Cruise movie I could pick. Chris, give me another bad Tom Cruise movie I could pick if this game goes haywire. Oh, have you done Eyes Wide Shut yet? That's a that's a good call. I actually haven't done that one yet because that one is just there's a whole lot of stuff going on in that. Listen, one, listen. If this game movie. if this game turns out to not have to mean anything, then Eyes Wide Shut is a perfect for it because it doesn't mean anything. So, all right, Williams, I'm coming to you for your Eyes Wide Shut take. What do you got? Well, I don't know about Eyes Wide Shut. I probably like that movie actually more than any of you guys. It's it's a kind of bizarre, kind of contrarian, and uh, you know me, contrarian. I will say this. If Seattle ends up beating the Rams, don't necessarily count out Detroit to knock off Green Bay. Dan Campbell will still have those guys, you know, up for the game. And I think that could have them play looser because we never we've never seen this Detroit team, you know, have to play for anything. Uh, you know, because so they the might... Packers can still get in with winning, right? Even if the even if Seattle wins, the Packers can right. still get in by winning, right? Right. So wouldn't it be hilarious if Seattle actually wins and then everybody thinks Detroit's just going to lay down and then Detroit actually ends up beating Green Bay to knocking them out of the playoffs and then Seattle ends up going? Um, yeah, that would be crazy. Uh, I think you're going to get a good Tom Cruise movie here because back to some ref staffs, Brad Rogers is the head ref for this Packers-Lions game. Whoa, is that Aaron's brother? What's happening here? It could be. Uh, he's tied for second most in the in the NFL for defensive pass interference penalties. The Lions are top five penalized team in this category. Offensive holding has been an issue for both teams. The Packers and Lions are in the top five most penalized teams in this category. Uh, he ranks, Brad Rogers ranks third for roughing the pass for penalties. The Packers and Lions are both top 10 penalized teams for defensive holding. Uh, and he's fourth uh, he's in his fourth season as a head ref in 18 divisional games. He's 14 and four to the over 78%. So Packers versus Lions with his crew will be one of the more entertaining games for week 18. Um, expect some key defensive penalties to continue drives throughout the game. I think the, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I like the over 49 in this game also. Yes. yes. So yeah, I think it's back and forth. I think it's gonna be a good game. Yes, listen, I I would love nothing more than if we achieved Top Gun levels on the final week of the year. That was my hope when coming up with this Tom Cruise gimmick. Mr. Williams, we appreciated having you back out of the mountains of Colorado. You broke it all down for us very, very well. Is there any last things you'd like to get out about the NFL before we move on to the NBA? No, man. You guys uh, have, a good, uh, have a good NBA session, and uh, we'll see what uh, Week 18 brings. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. We will have you back for the first week of the playoffs next week. And uh, as uh, Mr. Williams stated right there, on the other side of a break, Mr. Jim Riska will be leading the show, and we'll do the NBA Fast Break. All right, everybody, it is time for the fastest 15 minutes in the NBA. It's the NBA Fast Break on the Morgan Hill Podcasting Network. I'm Jimmy, Rod and Chris are here, and we start every Fast Break with a look at our team, the Sacramento Kings, who are 5-5 five and five in their last 10. It seems like I've been saying that a lot lately. 20-17 and 17 overall, 5th in the West. But, Rod, we've got Keegan Murray, the December Rookie of the Month. He, you know what? It's almost like he's been forced to have to be the rookie of the month because of some uh, some injuries and some things that the Kings have been dealing with. But, Jimmy, what I want to point out about our Kings is they're up 
upcoming schedule. They have a lot of also-ran teams on their schedule coming up here in the next two weeks. This is time where our Kings need to be lighting the beam way more than they're not lighting the beam and solidifying that top six position because things are so topsy-turvy in the West that there's a lot of teams behind them that I would categorize as having more talent. But if Sacramento can bank some wins right now, it might end up helping solidify their playoff position that we all desperately want them to get. Chris King, if I told you this, if I said the Kings are going to play the Lakers, and I believe, I believe, Chris, you're playing in that game for the Lakers because everyone else is hurt. Uh, but they have the <laughs> Lakers, the Magic, the Rockets twice, the Spurs, the Lakers, and the Thunder. That's a pretty good string, like Rod said. I think we need to go at least. We got to get. We got to get five, six wins out of that streak, don't we? You need at least five. But this is what worries me. Like we play and 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 win some good games. We beat the Jazz. We beat the Nuggets. We actually beat the Jazz twice. But then we turn around and we lose the games to to teams like the Hawks. And, and and the Hornets and the Wizards teams that we definitely need to be beaten and lighting that point. beam such up. Such a good point, by you. They so, do lose confounding games. Close games, but confounding, yes. Right? And so, like, this is this is a stretch of games. You know, it's against teams that if, if the Kings want to be taken seriously in the West, they need to win these games. They need to win them. Like, if they won out, that would be great and to show that they're a legit team in that West. So we're going to move on now. I want to talk about a couple of quick things. Oh, excuse me. Uh, Mike Brown, Rod, you love you some Mike Brown. And Mike Brown said of Keegan Murray, he needs to challenge him to be a better defender, rebounder, and multi-effort player. You see that, Murray, and you think he can uh, he can take that next step? I, you know, if you want a guy from Iowa on your roster, I think you're basically drafting a guy from Iowa because you assume that he has all of those traits and characteristics. And I'm not the least bit surprised to hear Mike Brown bring up defense when he first talks about an NBA player, because that's kind of how Mike Brown has made his calling card. And I think that that's basically the one organizing principle that he's brought about to this Kings team that has made them be better this year than the also rans they've been for, what, 18, 19 straight years? Yeah, not very, not very good. But this year, again, we we've got a new culture, and I think that I think that they are on the right track, and that's all we can ask for there. A team that's not on the right track, a lot of injuries. My, yours, everyone's New Orleans Pelicans. Um, Zion's out for three weeks. They are twenty four and fourteen, six and four in their last ten, but they are missing a lot of people. How worried are we about the Pelicans, Chris? Yeah, Zion was uh, an early favorite of mine to win MVP if he was able to stay healthy. Um, it really seemed like he was really starting to get into a groove, uh, really starting to really just dominate games, and the injury couldn't have come at a worse time for the Pelicans. Yeah, it just it, it hurt. If they can – yeah, it did hurt. And if they are able to weather this next month, you know – at 500 basketball and then get healthy, you know, by the end of January for that real stretch, maybe like right after the all-star break, be healthy and, and, and finish strong. But, but if you were really worried about them just crashing to the floor and Rod, this comes at a horrible time because they've got the nets, the Mavericks, uh, Celtics and Cavs coming up. Uh, there's a couple other teams in there, wizards and, and uh, Pistons who aren't as bad. 
Not looking good for the Pelicans right now, is it? You'll hear a lot of talk about the Pelicans being an incredibly deep team, and right now we are going to put that to the test because this is the type of situation where you need a guy like Jonas Valanciunas, who's actually only playing about 24, 25 minutes a night because that's the role this team needs him to do when Zion is out there doing his thing. But if both Zion, and here's the other one, Brandon Ingram has been out for a couple of weeks, and it doesn't necessarily seem like he's going to come back immediately. So you're going to be missing your two main offensive guys. It's kind of nice to have a dude like Jonas, who is definitely old school, Chris. Get the peach baskets out here. He's definitely old school, posting up down on the block. But if you need Jonas to get you 26 points and 14 rebounds, that dude can absolutely do that. If you need Trey Murphy to hit five or six three-pointers and get you 18 points instead of 14, he can do that. So I think that the Pelicans are deep enough to weather it. And Jonas was doing that at the beginning of the year, too. I think they can weather it, but I'm with Chris. It'll be real interesting to see if they do or not. I think they have the talent to weather it but we'll see if they have the mental fortitude. All right. Now it is time to move on to, oh, it's the music. Here it comes. The Rod Nation of the week. We have to, have to, have to do something about this situation. The momentum is dying. I don't understand no more distractions, but I do believe we should all follow one path in life. Hubris and ego and pride. Sorry. All that was a complete lie. My Rod Nation of the week this week is actually pretty simple, okay? I don't want to cast too many dispersions on what the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing. I believe in an awful lot of the young talent that they are amassing there. I believe in the draft pick strategy that Sam Presti has shown himself to be employing where he's like, I'm not going to just draft every single one of these picks because how could I possibly have 30 guys under the name under the age of 25 on my team? So he doles some of them out to move up and get players that he wants. Their draft history, unimpeachable, okay? But they still are not necessarily a team that you should be giving up 150 points to and getting blown out by if you are the contender for the East Championship crown. So my Rod Nation this week goes to the Boston Celtics. I understand that the NBA season is long, and every once in a while you're going to have a night where things don't look really, really good. But if you, Boston, really want to be considered the best team in the NBA, and you have this evil, evil, dark Darth Vader force creeping up behind you, and you get beat by the Oklahoma City Thunder, giving them up 150 points in one game, you're going to be my Rod Nation of the week. Wow, that's a big one. And Shea didn't play, Rod. That's a, that's that's a huge thing that happened there. Another um, reason I like why that. that's a terrible game by the Celtics. I just I do not understand that they got almost doubled up in the second quarter. Um, they made it a little close closer uh, in the fourth quarter, but still, Poku didn't got, play either, you know, Jimmy. You didn't mention that Poku didn't even really play in that game, and Oklahoma still got 150. Chris, I. They had five. They had five guys that scored over twenty points. That's spreading well, because th- the there love. was no one else to to shoot. Uh, <laughs> so they had to do that, Chris. And you know, coming up here in your King's Hardwood hierarchy very soon. You know, the Celtics last week were were the queen. I don't know, Rod. Do you think they're on his hardwood hierarchy this week? Uh, if if he goes by the rubric that he tells us he does all the time with the hardwood hierarchy they don't necessarily deserve to be there right now and i'll also going to say one thing right now there's a team that's probably going to be in his hardwood hierarchy that you two are going to have to talk about because i have stayed well and another thing that's interesting is 
the Celtics could be the gesture. They're still number one, but they still could be the gesture in the in, in his hardwood hierarchy, just the way they've been playing recently. Uh, last week we had the Nets as the king, the Celtics as the queen, the Nuggets as the prince, and the Pistons and Magic as the gesture. Okay, so we have the Nets as the king. Uh, you, They won, what did they win, 12 in a row before they finally lost uh, last night to the Bulls. Uh, they are definitely still the hottest team in the NBA. They are the king. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any really real surprise there. They are by far the hottest team in the NBA right now. They're scoring ungodly amounts <laughs> of points every night, it seems like. And and they're just they're an efficient offensive team right now, and I don't see anything slowing them down unless unless Kyrie or I was say, Kevin you don't, you don't see out. anything on that team that might possibly <laughs> slow them down at some point because I do. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's and it's not. I mean, Durant opening his mouth is is. I mean, you can't you can't say anything about him. He's no 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 no. no. Wait a minute, Jimmy. Let's not completely absolve him here. Let's not completely absolve him here. This is the guy who asked for his coach and his general manager to be fired before the year and has to be traded. All right. Let's not completely act like Kevin Durant's a Boy Scout compared to somebody else on the on the team. He is a Boy Scout. But yes, I see what your point is. If he opens his mouth about basketball related issues, there could be some issues for sure. But that's not what we're worried about there. So the Nets are going to be your king, uh, deservedly so. There. Chris, who's our queen? The Memphis Grizzlies. They won five in a row. They do the things that we wish our kings would do, and they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, like the Magic, the Hornets, uh, the Raptors. You know, so like like they're doing what they're supposed to do to stay up there at the top of of, of the West, right there with Denver. And Ja Morant is still playing out of his mind. That dude is so much fun to watch. If 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 you listeners out there haven't seen him, make a point to watch Jimmy, him. The people play. in Memphis were probably a little bit disappointed when they didn't get the number one pick in that Zion draft. But I'll be damned if they didn't get the player who might actually be better for their franchise because he can play a little bit more often than that guy down in New Orleans. As in the case for the past two years, if they did that draft a, a, a thousand times again, uh, he'd be a, he'd be a pelican because. Uh, Ja is amazing. Yes, you have the Derrick Rose injury factor in there, but you can't you can't you can't base it on that. Ja's a leader. Uh, he's a big game player. Can't wait to see him continue to grow. Terrific all around. I Grizzlies are just awesome right now. Great, great call, Chris. I'm really interested to see if the Prince comes from the West or the East here. Chris could go in a lot of different directions. I'm on the edge of my seat here. What do you got, Chris? So <clears throat> This team was not on the hierarchy until literally maybe 30 Ooh. minutes ago, and I updated it. And And you're right. The Celtics had not been playing well enough to be on the hierarchy, but I, I think they made up for it a little bit tonight. They came out, they played some lockdown defense, and they beat Dallas at Dallas that gets them back up into the hierarchy. Wow, nice. The Good for the Celtics. Dallas has really been on a hot streak, so I could see what you mean there. That that is a big victory. Yeah, they, they kind of killed them, too. Yeah, it being on the road. Yeah, it, it, it being on the road in Dallas right after that horrific <laughs> loss at Oklahoma City, that's what you wanted to see from a team that you expect 
to be at the top of the East at the at the end of the season. So yeah, that that became that Did made you give it any consideration to the Nuggets here because they just keep plugging along. Yeah, it was really Nuggets or or Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee's won a few games, but it's against teams that they should be. You know, nothing really to write home about. But like Denver's still tough; they were right there as well. But we got to give it to Boston. All right, and then we have our jester of the week, one of my favorites because you never know where you're going to go with this. Yeah, we're just we're giving it right back to Houston. Oh, when all else right. fails, give it to the clowns of the NBA. They are very, very bad. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, they, they're not getting no, any better either. They, they they are the team that really lost out on the uh, in the NBA draft there because um, Jabari's just kind of doing what we thought he was going to, like what, what I thought he was going to do, not much. And that, that team is just so young right now. Jimmy, at what point do we start asking questions about Steven Silas here? Because I get that they're young, but man, they just seem to have no plan, no fight. Just it's it's really bad down there. Yeah, you can you can say you're young to a point and you got to give a coach some time. But also, if you're not seeing that fight in there, plus they've got a weird team. Eric Gordon is still on this team. How is no, that Eric possible? Gordon's basketball life is so bad. I feel so bad for that guy. He's been on so many terrible teams. He just can't catch a break and he can never leave. Um, I, I don't understand where it's going. And I think that's the issue where you don't have a plan. Like you said, there's no fight. There's no game plan. You may have to change things up. Have, have they had a plan since they, they traded? See, that's Harden? The thing. I don't know Harden. that that's the issue. I, I don't know that they wanted to trade James Harden, right? Like it's one of those situations where you as an NBA general manager have to be ready for anything that gets thrown your way. Because I think, they all intended for it to be one way in Houston. And then all of a sudden James Harden said he wanted out and they were like, Oh shit, what are we going to do? So that's why you always got to be ready as a general manager. Yeah. Well, I get that. But like that, that was a few years ago. What has been the plan since the plan then? Has been, there hope hasn't Brooklyn's been going to be bad. And for a little while, it looked like they made the right bet, but now maybe it's going to blow up in their face. That is the case with <laughs> clowns <laughs> with Houston. Uh, and that's going to bring us to the end of the NBA fast break this week. Rod, what do we got going on in the more, you know, podcasting universe? Uh, we got the Royal Rumble just ahead in the WWE world. So Jimmy and I have a, a special Royal Rumble uh, themed episode coming up for you. We'll probably tackle a little bit of the news because it just keeps coming fast and furious in the WWE world. Uh, Vince McMahon. But that's a topic for another podcast, another show, as we call it. Yeah, we know in the ring with Jimmy and I check that out. The Mrs. Morgan, you know, and I are kicking around an idea of maybe dropping another Morgan, you know, on you about a particular television show that just wrapped up its mid-season finale. Keep your eye out for that. And then most definitely, you're going to want to keep tuned to this very show, Balls and Brew, next week when we come back with Mr. Williams talking about the NFL playoffs. Chris King, take us home. Goodbye, Internet. <laughs>